the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today for this uh, Tuesday edition. Good to be here. Uh, we don't know what the weather's like outside, but inside the studio, it's currently about 13 degrees. I don't know why it has to be this cold it in is here. It's freezing. I Truly, just, it is. I don't get it. I mean, I, you know, I know other you know people work in coal mines and they work in toxic right. environments. We're just in a meat locker. Right. I know. That's and I don't want to complain about it no, because no. it's in comparison to things that people suffer is not that big of a deal. No, but we, it is chilly. Anyway. We do want to take some time today to honor uh, our favorite wait staff. Do you have a favorite wait staff? I do. Now, do it's you? National Wait Staff Day. Yeah. So you could say like Waiter Day. Waitress yeah. Day. Right. Waitstaff Day. Waitstaff. I enjoy a waitstaff. Yo, yeah. Because, you know, I like to eat out. And so I appreciate someone who's a really good waiter, especially because I never did it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I feel, to me, it's a little mysterious. The the, the, whole thing. the working behind it. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Don't you want, like, when, when you go to a restaurant, you want to walk into the kitchen and see what really no. goes on? Oh, really? No. Don't you? Listen, I don't want to know. Oh. I don't feel like I need to know. I know, because I've done it a lot. So I know what goes on back there. And I don't want to know. Hmm. Well, see, because what goes on at the table is totally different than goes on in the kitchen. Because I understand that it can be like mass chaos back in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, Cursing and all manner of... There's a lot of tension. Yeah. It can be. But it's not for the faint of heart. Okay. So you honor waitstaff because you know what they suffer. There have been many times in my life where I have worked as a waiter. Yeah, starting as an early, early age. I think I was, I was a busboy first at Polize, hmm, right on in Squirrel Hill on Murray Avenue. Rest in peace. And um, from there, I moved into a place called the Golden Ram, where that doesn't sound as nice as Polize. No, it doesn't. The Golden Ram was a little restaurant at a converted Rexall drugstore in Swissvale, and I started out as a busboy. And I remember I was what was it? The Golden what? The Golden Ram. Is that better or worse than the Golden Corral? Now, the Golden Corral is pretty bad. Yeah. Right? The Golden Corral is real bad. Yeah, yeah. But I was working you know, as a busboy, and then they were like, one day, you're the waiter. So I learned on the job. It's a difficult job to mm-hmm. learn. I you, bet it is. Right? Because yeah, there's a lot coming at you. Mm-hmm. Now, Mike, you were a waiter, right? No. No, no, no. I was, he was a hostess. I was a host. He was not oh, a hostess. Sorry. What are you talking John. about? I'm a host. Oh, I was sorry. a host. A host. Hey, John. That's a cake. I always kind of look down my nose at the host. What do you mean? That's Come the on. first face you see. What? Big deal. What do you mean? You yeah. take you take the phone calls. You the, it's the first face you nah, see. I always kind of no. was like that host. It's, they're not in, really working. Remember in uh, what was that movie? Michelle Pfeiffer. She owned a restaurant, um, and there were two guys who were fighting over Tequila Sunrise. Uh, is that Kurt Russell? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think might have been Mel Gibson. Could that Maybe be the other one? could be sure. I don't yeah. know who the other one was. Anyway, she, she was a hostess. Her, she, she was a host. She yeah. owned the restaurant and, and the she host. was the hostess. Okay, she I did both. That. 
Oh, but all of a sudden that's okay. Well, of course you're running the but restaurant. But what Mike did, that was garbage. You're I taking mean, phone calls, oh, taking yeah. reservations. No, 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 this no. Is... Listen, the waiters are out there crushing it all the time. Now, I, I do oh. have to say. Hi, good evening to you. A, a table for two? Walk this way, please. That's it? That's it? You're done. Seriously. That's Where, where is the sweat equity in that? Oh, nice to see you. Mm-hmm, lovely. Yeah, please anyway, sit down here. Anyway, Mike, other, you were other, saying. Other people, you know, it's they don't just do that. You know, That's maybe, about ninety percent of the job, as far as I can see. Well, Just maybe, maybe it's a rough crowd. Maybe in nineteen thirties. <laughs> um, oh, now, yeah, because everything's computerized now. It's much more difficult. Right. Come on, Mike. But no, but I have to. I do have to give uh, waiters and waitresses credit because I, we were swamped one day. Yeah. And the owner was like, "Hey, I need you out there." I'm like, I, "I've never done this." I was like fourteen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I was doing. I had a table of eight. Oh, my gosh. And God bless them because the they were so better. patient with me and so nice. I messed up like three of their orders. Mm-hmm. But they were really – I, I still got a nice tip out of it too. There's a lot that's, of pressure that goes with it. That's nightmarish. Yeah. Okay, it is. So I want to order. I want to honor Lisa at Rico's. Okay. Oh, I met Lisa. Lisa Kandari. Mm-hmm. Lisa, uh, she's been our waitress a good nine years. Nice. I think often of Rico's and Spots. Oh, Virginia spots mm-hmm. because they're delicious. They were delicious. They're very. They do a very Crispy, nice spot there. Crispy, lightly fried. Very nice. They do a very nice spot. Mm-hmm. So I love Lisa. Yeah. And I also love. Um, I've never had a bad waiter or waitress at Tesaro's. Oh no. In Bloomfield, where I'm eating tonight, by the way. Oh, you're going to Tesaro's. Sure. Oh, yeah, am. really. That's very nice. No, the, the you know a good restaurant when like Rico's or Tesaro's when there's the a good host. That, <laughs> When the host leaves me alone, <laughs> when the wait staff stays there for a long time, mm, yeah, right. Th- that's that's a sign of a good, healthy restaurant. The host, kind of meh. No, that's not true. That's not true. Okay, do you have any favorite wait staff? Do uh, want- I don't particularly. Yeah. Okay, no, Mike, no. do you have any favorite wait staff? No, I don't particularly. Okay. No. Okay. Are there any places where you go and you say, you know what, they they, they always have a solid performance? I I, I would go to Tesaro's. I know, and that's my yeah. always you my go-to come with place. Us no, it's okay. okay. Pass. Thanks. But anyway. Come on, they don't even ask who's going. Happy waitstaff day. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm so excited about it. Tip well, please. Also, uh, later in today's program, will cheese tea take off in the U.S.? Wait, 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 wait. Cheese tea? Mm-hmm. What do you mean cheese tea? Yeah, it's tea with cheese. What? On top. Mm-hmm. What? We're gonna, we're gonna melted gross, like a cheese whiz on top of your tea? Well, you'll have to stay close to find out. All right. Sounds okay, okay. Coming up next, most abortion-minded, <laughs> abortion-minded women aren't calculating killers. Mm-hmm. They're just afraid. We'll talk to Maria Bear coming up next. Table four, please. Oh, right that's supposed way? to be so easy. Mm-hmm. How about a plan that allows you to go to any hospital in the country, a plan that pays you back every year? Now, whether you want a top-of-the-line plan or just enough to keep you legal, Marley Financial, they have a custom-made plan perfect for you. As a business owner, you owe it to yourself to stay ahead of the ever-changing marketplace, and Marley's been on the cutting edge of new and improved health plans for both individuals and for businesses. And only Marley Financial offers health plans that actually pay you back. So go to MarleyFG.com for unbiased, top-notch plans from any carrier in Pennsylvania. Plans that will save you money and give you an edge over the competition. They even offer custom business solutions to reduce your liability and overhead as you grow, and they're truly one of the most innovative agencies in the nation. So give them a call now, Marley Financial, 724-884-1496, or visit them online at marleyfg.com. 101.5 WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I am your number one fan. 
That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. If this were just any door, and this were just any ignition, connected to just any transmission, in just any vehicle, then perhaps it would be okay to buy it from just anyone. But this is not just any car. It's a certified pre-owned Mercedes-Benz. Every detail has been inspected and road tested by highly skilled Mercedes-Benz technicians. And it's all backed by an unlimited mileage warranty for up to five years. Which makes the decision of where to buy one simple. Your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer. The certified pre-owned sales event going on now through May 31st. Come in today and take advantage of two years of complimentary prepaid maintenance and special financing offers available through Mercedes-Benz Financial Services. Because in the end, it's absolute confidence in genuine Mercedes-Benz parts, or it isn't. It's either Mercedes-Benz certified pre-owned, or it isn't. See your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer for complete details and limitations on certified pre-owned warranties. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping. And I'll see you at the club. Thank you. I've been working at what then was called a crisis pregnancy center in East Liberty for maybe about two years. And I'd been involved in public speaking and I'd done some fundraising and, you know, kind of like the the PR marketing end sure. of the work. Um, but I figured – I think it's probably time that I get into the counseling part of, of, um, of the crisis pregnancy work because, you know, I'd spent a lot of time arguing for the cause, right, um, for the cause of saving what I – right then I thought was saving babies. And I thought, you know, I should probably do the counseling. Now, I'd already gone through all the training and, you know, all that sort of thing, but I'd never actually sat across the table from people. So the very first day that I was a counselor, I was waiting for people to come in, and it was like 10 o'clock was when we opened. At 10.01, somebody walked in the door. Cool. Now, keep in mind, at this point, I'm probably 21 years old. I know nothing about anything. Right. Well-intentioned. Well-intentioned, well-trained, mm-hmm. still didn't mean I knew anything about anything. Right. A woman came in. She was 45 years old, and she had eight children. Positive pregnancy test. And looking to you for? Help. She had all of these children. She had a husband who was unemployed. And there was not a shred of her that was political. She wasn't an activist. She wasn't anything. But she was going to have an abortion simply because. It's too much. It was too much. She was in turmoil. It was too much. It was too much. So I talked to her as well as I could, but I just at that what I what I cannot offer? tell you how little I had to offer that woman. How little I feel to this day, I see her face and I feel terrible about that. Unfortunately, she came back and talked to somebody else who had a lot more to offer her than I did. But my very next client, which was maybe an hour later, 
She was 14 years old. Positive pregnancy test. Wow. She knew less about anything than I knew about anything. And all she knew was that she was terrified. She also wasn't political. She wasn't some kind of raging feminist who was interested in preserving her rights. She was terrified. That day, first of all, I decided that counseling wasn't for me because this was not, this was, I just didn't, I didn't have what it was. Now I counseled for a long time after that because I felt like it it was the right thing to do. And hopefully I was in some way helpful to somebody. But that day I realized that all my time talking about saving babies, I'd missed the whole point of it, which is the fact that moms and babies are linked. Right. You can't save one if you don't save the other. They come together as a package. Maria Baer is with us. Maria's a writer who lives in Columbus, Ohio. She's a regular contributor to World and also the host and producer of the podcast, I Was There When, and is also a volunteer counselor at a local crisis pregnancy center. She's written a terrific piece called Most Abortion-Minded Women Aren't Calculating Killers, They're Afraid. Maria, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me, you guys. So, Maria, it sounds like you've had many experiences like the one that I had, only you've probably been a much more successful counselor over the years than I was. (laughs) I don't know about that, but I have to say, hearing your story, I feel eerily similar Mm -hmm. experience um, on my end as well. I... Um, My husband had been encouraging me to volunteer at our local crisis pregnancy center for years. And before I had my own kids, I just felt like I didn't, I was too scared to do it. I didn't know what I would say to someone. Um, I was scared of pregnancy myself. Um, And then it was, but it was after I had our first daughter that I thought, okay, I feel a little bit more equipped to talk to somebody in this situation. Um, And I had a similar experience to you where it was just, I sort of expected, um, I think from maybe the narrative I had believed that the women that were going to come in were going to be on the defense, you know, knowing that we were a crisis pregnancy center, women coming in and saying, I, okay, I want to get rid of this pregnancy. Please don't try to talk me out of it. Like, you know, I, I want to keep my feminine shape or I, you know, just like really shallow reasons. And I've never encountered that at all in my work at the center. It's always, like you said, women who you know, they feel like they're 14 or they're going to lose their job or they their dad's going to kick them out or their boyfriend is going to abuse them or leave them or they're going to be on their own. You know, it's always, there's always so much fear involved at that point. Yeah. But as the conversation continues to move forward in America about abortion, Maria, this is what we're given is it's become such a political football. We forget about those women that you're talking about, those young girls who are coming in and their world, you know, in, you know, on a heartbeat is crushed, so to speak. And they're looking for a solution, a way out of the fear and the anxiety that's about to overtake them. Right. And I think that's partly why the abortion industry is so cool. Because they know that I'm thinking about the woman you were talking about that was 14. Yeah. You know, she and she maybe has never seen a diagram of what's going on in her uterus and what a fertilized embryo is. She wasn't um, sure. Le, she wasn't in. sure how she got pregnant. She really wasn't. Like she didn't even understand that. the basic anatomy of what had happened. She mm-hmm. didn't know anything. Wow. Right. And I. I mean, I. I've had a. I had a client once who was about five months pregnant. And came in and told me that she believed she had gotten pregnant again, like that she could have two pregnancies on a different timeline at the same time. Like just 
a huge dearth of knowledge mm-hmm. of, like you're saying, the anatomy and how everything works. And that's that's what I mean. That's why the I think the abortion industry can be so cruel because a girl like that calls a Planned Parenthood and says, I have a positive pregnancy test. I'm terrified. Did they say, come in and let us explain to you what's going on in your body? Come in and let mm-hmm. us talk with you about your options? No, they say, when would you like to be scheduled? Because in, they know that if they wait or if that girl waits and she talks to more people or she thinks about it, the chances go further and further down that she's going to go through with it. They're looking at their bottom line and they're going to say, we can get you in today. And she's going to come in and, you know, that that's that's part of what I was trying to get at in the piece as well. Um, I didn't exactly talk about the abortion industry, but one of the problems is, again, these women are so afraid or they don't understand what's happening. And the abortion industry has such a clear goal. You know, they're in it for the financial incentive. So they're not going to talk with women and explain to them what's happening, explain to them what pregnancy might be like tell them about the, you know, free services in their community that could help them. They're going to push them for an abortion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's it's just really, really sad. It's so sad for these women, too. Sure is. Maria, yeah. uh, both Kath and I saw the movie Unplanned, which to me was mm-hmm. uh, shocking and re- really revealing, written by a woman, you know, who spent many, many years mm-hmm. working for Planned Parenthood. So it sort of peeled back the cover. And uh, it was really surprising to me to see that profit center front and center without anything else around it. Um, I I was surprised that Planned Parenthood didn't even try to make an effort to have some sort of counseling or some empathy or compassion on the front lines. I know, I know. And I, I think I've thought that for a long time too, but I think we have to look at it as a, they're, they're bottom line driven, right? B, there is, I, I don't think we can discount the spiritual aspect of this because they, so many women, especially those in that work, they do believe, I don't want to, I don't want to speak for every woman in that industry and say that they're cruel and evil and they know that they're killing children. I think that they believe they are serving needy women. And I think a lot of them don't believe that an abortion kills a human life. But what's evil about that is that the cultural narrative tells them that that's correct. They, mm-hmm. they, unless they're looking to the church or unless they're listening to the church or seeking it out, sort of like Abby Johnson eventually did, they're not going to hear that, no, this is a beating heart, and here's why that's important, and, you know, here's why we can't take that life, that sort of thing. Um, so to them, I think having a bottom line is okay, because you're not talking about a human life or, you know, a woman who's going to regret this. You're just talking about another medical procedure, and that it's just really unfortunate. We're talking about abortion, and we're talking about adoption, and just the um, the ideas of the images we have of what happens inside a counseling room when a woman finds out she's unexpectedly pregnant versus what actually is going on. We're talking to uh, Maria Bear, freelance writer who lives in Columbus, Ohio. She's the host and producer of the podcast, I Was There When, and she's a volunteer counselor at her local crisis pregnancy center. Uh, while you were talking, I was looking up this article I read yesterday in The Atlantic um, called Why So Many Women Choose Abortion Over Adoption. And this is something that 
that's that people have tossed around on Twitter over the last 24 hours is something that's you know incredibly sad and pathetic and disturbing and it is that women are choosing abortion over adoption but I think that it's an important point that we need to talk about and you brought it up in your article Maria and I was glad to see it that mm-hmm. that when we look at the number of people who aren't able to have children who want children and then we look at women who are abortion minded we think oh well if we could just convince a woman who's abortion minded to just carry her baby to term give the baby up for adoption it's such a beautiful choice it's a wonderful thing um and it just works out that's it's the best choice for everybody i do believe it's the best choice for everybody but it's also an incredibly scary choice for a woman who's pregnant so let's talk about that what's your experience in counseling women who find out they're unexpectedly pregnant and someone says okay well you should do it and you should carry the baby to term Right. And um, so in my training, and Kathy, you may have experienced this too, one of the very first things my director told me was, the first time you meet a woman, do not bring up adoption. If she asks you about it, and obviously we hope to get there. We hope to get to that conversation if we feel like a woman is a great candidate to be a a birth mom to an adopted child. Um, But do not bring it up because it's sort of the third rail when the conversation first starts. And my director actually taught me this lesson. So she, the director of our crisis pregnancy center here in Columbus is an amazing woman. And she um, had an unexpected pregnancy when she was 15. And she thankfully carried that baby to term and she has a beautiful daughter now. But um, she told me at the time that she was uh, getting ready to leave to go to college. I think she went to college a little early. And she said, I would have been judged so much more harshly by my female friends and the people in my circle if I had given that baby up for adoption than if I had had just sort of a quiet abortion at the beginning of the pregnancy. And I think if, we, if we're able to sit back and sort of um, take a deep breath, and I, I understand it, it's horrible, the idea of abortion is horrible, but if we can be realistic and say, we can understand if you're talking about a smiling, babbling baby that other people can see and hold, and a woman who's going to give that baby up and give it to somebody else, which is, of course, one of the most selfless acts a mother could possibly do when she knows that she can't parent that child. But when we're looking at a woman who's going to do that versus somebody who has what we're all told all the time is just a little medical procedure that doesn't really mean anything, it feels much more weighty mm-hmm. to give over that baby. Yep. And I can I can completely understand that. Yeah. Um, and I've had, I've had women who have you know, in my counseling career at the center who's been like, oh, I would never in a million years ever do that. Like, it just seems way too cruel, you know. Yeah. And the, the other thing I want to say about that, too, if I could, is that even when we give that opportunity to a woman and we say, have you considered adoption? From my own experience, pregnancy itself is really scary. So even when you're giving a woman that option, she's still facing nine or 10 months of like a really scary time. You know, you're not always sure what your body's doing. Myself, I had some um, tachycardia with my second pregnancy. So my heart rate was always really high. I was always felt like I was on the verge of fainting the last couple of months of the pregnancy. Like it was awful. And so even, even when you present a woman with that option, um, you're still asking them to do something really difficult. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe women are strong and women can do that. And that's why 
centers exist. We can help women through that really, really tough time. Um, but we can't discount that and just act like adoption fixes everything. Right. I'm going back to the article from The Atlantic yesterday. Um, it says this, quote, The mothers who did choose adoption ultimately reported that they were happy with their decision. But... Quote, adoption can be deeply traumatic. Now, this is a woman who had given up a child for adoption. Adoption can be deeply traumatic. Uniformly, the birth mothers experience grief after placement. It's a very hard choice and one that a lot of women are not interested in making. So I, I think it's not that I am not advocating for adoption because I am. And I have gone through the process of adoption with um, a client I had who we, who carried her baby to term and gave her child up. I've been in the room when the transfer took place from birth mom to adoptive parents. I've seen the whole process of how the adoptive parents are chosen. It is an absolutely gorgeous story, but it takes really brave people to do it. And what I think is most important is that when we talk about it, we talk about it in ways that are sensitive to how difficult the circumstances and don't just pass it off flippantly as, oh, well, you know, if, if, if a woman's in Alabama and she doesn't have access to an abortion from now on, she should just, you know, do adoption. Well, you know what? It's just, it's a really long process and it's really difficult. And I think we just need to be very caring in how we talk about it. Absolutely. And in the same way that we know, like, for example, when we show a woman an ultrasound, the chances that she goes forward with an abortion dramatically drop. Um, And I think the same is true. There's just something biological that happens when a woman sees her baby or holds her baby. Uh, I mean, to this day, when my kids cry in the middle of the night, without fail, I will hear it. My husband won't even though he's a much lighter sleeper than I am. There's just there's that biological connection. And so, I, like you said, when women are willing to give their children up for adoption, the selflessness mm-hmm. that that takes, I mean, the, that is the, that, those are the strongest women yeah, I can imagine I agree. living in, in the world. Because I know that those women still experience that biological connection to their child, but they, they have mm-hmm. to push down their survival instincts, and they have to you know, come to a place where they're going to trust that the best thing to do for that child is to allow him or her to be parented by somebody else. And that it is truly the most beautiful thing, It is, um, you know, that, that God can redeem that. But it is incredibly, incredibly difficult. Right. So uh, abortion, adoption notwithstanding, what I take, Maria, from your piece, which is a great reminder, is. is that there is a woman who is struggling mm-hmm. and more often than not, no matter what her age, no matter what her life circumstances was struggling, uh, lower middle class or poor or upper middle class, they're afraid and they need some compassion and love. And it's not about the politics. It's about the, the woman sitting across looking at you saying, help me. Exactly. I mean, I think, you know, I wouldn't be working at the center um, if I didn't, you know, believe that abortion was a great evil and something that just causes a huge chasm of hurt and pain for women, families, fathers, and, of course, the babies. Um, But at the same time, the the reason I wanted to write the piece, and I'm so grateful to the Gospel Coalition for running it, is that I think if we can remember that these women are feeling afraid like this, it can influence the way we talk with them and the way we minister to them. Because if, if they just become 
you know, sort of collateral damage to our political discussion, where we just look at them as someone who's just disgusting, they're considering something terrible, we're probably not going to be very effective at trying to encourage them to choose life for their baby. I think we have a much better chance at success, if that's what we're calling success, which I think is one measure of success, certainly, is saving children from abortion. We're going to have a better chance at that success if we treat them as a human being who is considering something that we might even consider if we were in her circumstances. It gives us more empathy and compassion, and I think that will help us in the long run. That's Maria Bayer, freelance writer, regular contributor to World, and the host and producer of the podcast, I Was There When. Maria, thank you so much. Maria Bayer online, mariabayer.com. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Stuck in an expensive timeshare contract and feel like there's no way out? I'm almost at $10,000 in four years. I've never traveled anywhere. They made this sound that this would be a really good deal, that I could go anywhere, anytime I wanted to. That never worked out. I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO of Wesley Financial Group. I've helped thousands of people get rid of their timeshares. I know all the tricks because I'm embarrassed to say I once worked in the timeshare industry. We've saved suffering timeshare owners millions in debt and maintenance fees. When you're approved as a client, I guarantee you a 100% success rate. We'll get you out of your timeshare, eliminate your payments, and get them off of your back permanently. I honestly would recommend that you call Wesley Financial. They will help you. Call Wesley Financial Group now for your free information kit. If they can't get you out of your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Call 800-220-5757. 800-220-5757. That's 800-220-5757. Hey, it's John Hall. So a while back, the folks at MyPillow said, Hey, John, can you try out a MyPillow and let us know what you think? I was skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow. But what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost. Interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own, my pillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. My pillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a my pillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of my pillows premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at mypillow.com or call 800 391 Use promo code WORD. They didn't teach us this in Bible college. A family in my church just asked me to help with their son who's addicted to heroin. They're in a serious crisis, and I'm so busy with everything else at the church. How do I help them? For over 50 years, 
Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has come alongside local pastors to help them in the fight against addiction in their congregations. Call 724-265-4100 now. Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at Indeed.com slash hire. Partly cloudy tonight with a low of 50 degrees. A warmer day tomorrow with a mixture of clouds and sunshine. A thunderstorm in some spots later on in the afternoon. High 79. Mild tomorrow night, 65. Warm and more humid for Thursday with clouds and some sunshine. A heavy thunderstorm will be around in the afternoon. Any thunderstorm could produce some hail and damaging wind gusts. High 82 degrees. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Sometimes when touch, oh my goodness. Why is this? No, wait. And I have to close my eyes and hide. And I have to close my eyes and hide. I want to hold you till I die. I want to hold you till I die. Till we both break down. Till we both break down and cry. I want to hold you the fear in until me. the fear in me subsides. That song gets me. It gets me right here. It don't play that ever again because you want to cry. That's one of the worst songs ever. It truly it is. Recorded. Yeah. Now, we were going to do a segment, but we're going to do the segment later on this week. Yeah, we're, yeah on Thursday of this week. We're going to preview the worst songs ever recorded. Yeah, so we want, we want to uh, hear from you. you got two days to think about this. Yeah. Coming up on Thursday's show, we're going to talk about the single worst songs ever recorded. And that is that on your list? Oh, definitely. I actually am disappointed I didn't think of that oh. song to put it on my list. I mean, that, my list is still in production. It's not like I've decided it's finalized or anything. That was one of those earworm songs that would get into my head, mm-hmm. and then I would sort of twist it and, and parody it and you know just sort of despise myself because I was mocking it. Yeah, exactly. You know, which is the worst. It's a terrible, terrible song. Truly. Anyway, coming up, on, coming up on Thursday's edition of The Ride Home, it's the... Now listen, oh, people that, love that song. No, stop. You should put that away. Stop. Put that away. That is the... That's... That okay, is, come on, Mike. So, get rid of that. Get, Go, get out get of here. Get that song off Yeah, he doesn't of pay this show. Jeez, oh man! Gosh, it is hard to control. People him in love that, that other song. Room. I People hate love that it. song. It's the segment that it's songs that you despise. It yeah. is not the segment. Yeah, we're yeah, just yeah. That ship has sailed. No, you it's can. not. You hold, yeah, that ship has sailed. No, 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 no. It just no. arrived. No, no, I'm docking no, no, the boat no, right no. now. Jeez, just arrived. Louise. Good you said God. no, we weren't going to do it because you didn't do due diligence. Let's let's do the proper. <laughs> All right, so I got a question for you. Yeah. The very best thing, and the very worst thing. About being a man or a woman. Oh. Oh, what's the best the thing very, about being a man? The very best thing and the very worst thing. This could get ugly. <clears throat> what's the best thing and worst thing about being a man? Now, wait, is this going back for you as well? Oh, yeah. So what's the best thing about being a woman mm-hmm. and the worst thing about mm-hmm. being a woman? Okay. Uh, we might have a sub category of the most difficult thing. Well, you know wait, what I mean? A, not, this is a lot to unpack as it is. Because in my mind, I've broken it down into the best thing, the worst thing, and the most difficult thing. Because the worst thing is something that I just dislike. About you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I have one. I think the responsibilities of being the man of the house. That's hard. Is hard. For you. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I the, get the that. pressure. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, my wife doesn't help out. She she helps out a lot. Probably more a, than I do. But, <laughs> but well, imagine how it is. I mean, it's it's a, a lot different now because, yeah. you know, in the in the 19 whatever, right, it was the sole responsibility. Now, at least right. in most homes, it has to be a shared responsibility. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the guy feels a little less pressure because of that. But that that's a good point. Mm-hmm. The best thing about being a guy. This is what I remember about being. <laughs> this is going to be good. <laughs> I was, um, you know, I was this young kid in, in walking down the street in New York City. I was maybe, you know, 26 or something like that. And I was, you know, big and full of myself mm-hmm. and walking down. I was, I remember it was on Park Avenue. And a buddy of mine I saw, like, coming from the opposite direction, walking up Park Avenue, and I'm walking down Park Avenue. And we were maybe 30 yards away, 25 yards away, enough to recognize each other. And, we, and our heads were both kind of lifted above the crowd. And he reached out and pointed at me. And I reached out and I pointed at him. And we, like, locked eyes and moved forward like in a, like a bromance kind of thing. And it was like... We are men in the city, and we own this place, and we are men today. I mean, I mean, and that amplified is what a lot of guys, and I think, you know, if, if the guys are honest, when you're out in the world, and you're like, you know, doing okay, and you're feeling fine, you think, I'm unbeatable, man. I have got this, because why? I'm a man. And that's how it is. That's right. Do you get that? Do you get that? I mean, I don't know if I get that. Oh, you don't but get I, that? I, do, I do believe. You're still I a have, hostess I, over there. So that please. sounds extremely prideful. No, I don't get uh, that. Whatever it is. <laughs> Sorry. I don't care what it sounds like. That's the truth that's, of what a lot of guys is. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Prideful. I mean, I it's just, it is what it is. I think, mm-hmm. I think most. confident. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's the extreme confidence of what it is to be a you're young right. man in the city, yeah. and you've that's got passion, and you're working on something. I'm trying to build something. Yeah, that's what it is. It's free and it's unfettered, and the possibilities are endless, and you carry all that, and there's great joy there. Mm-hmm. It might not, it might be pride, but it's also joy. It's a possibility of what may happen, mm-hmm. and because I'm free and a man in this world, that's a great and gift. Capable. Yes. I know that I can. Give me that. That's the best thing. To me, at that age, when I think about that, that's your pinnacle because I wasn't married. The only responsibility I had as a man was to myself and what I was going to create that day. That's what I loved. That's good. That's good. And the hardest thing? (sighs) The hardest thing. I think the hardest thing is that you... um, That you cannot be um, as fragile and as empathetic and compassionate as you might want to be for fear of being labeled a sissy or a wuss. Or, or you have to grow into that. That that's that's sort of the anti pride thing that yeah. comes with age. That you grow into your own skin, and point. you reach that point. Hopefully, if you are like minded, to find your way into that. Hmm. That's what I think. The best right. and the worst. But I'm sure there's a lot more, obviously, in those layers that can be said about both of those sides. 
Let's open up the phones. 800-320-8255. What do you think the best thing is about being a man or a woman? And what's the hardest thing? And I'm also putting in, I'm doing best, worst, and hardest when I come back. All right. So when we come back, you're going to share your best and worst. Mm -hmm. And listeners are invited as well. 800-320-8255. What's the best and worst thing about being a man or woman? W-O-R-D. In many parts of the world, China, Africa, India, Southeast Asia, people have never heard, have never heard the name of Jesus. Even if they have, many lack the resources to learn about it. Word FM has teamed with the Bible League to send God's word to the world. $5 will send a Bible now. $100 will send 20 Give now at wordfm.com keyword Bibles or call one 800 Yes, word. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you You will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm fresh catering from the Springhouse. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. Share, like, comment, tweet. Are these foreign terms to your business? They may not be to your competition and the reason you're losing sales. We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. We offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true educational partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties. PittsburghChristianSchools.net Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com So before the break, we were talking about uh, what's the best and the worst thing about being a man or a woman. Now, I, I, I gave sort of a, a youthful example. That know, was a good example. In the, you know, in the prime of your 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? We're, 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 when you think about being a woman, there's a lot of great things about being mm-hmm. a woman. 
Talk, yeah, talk about that. Yeah. Um, we open up the phone lines also. 800-320-8255. Give us a call. We're talking about the best and the worst things about being a man and a woman. Okay. So here's the thing. Um, the worst thing about being a woman, now this is, again, my own particular perspective, is that women are mean. When women are together, women are mean. Hmm. Now, that's not always the case. When you get a good group of friends or sure. a good women's group or a Bible study or whatever it is, you say, well, of course, women aren't mean. But for all of my working career, I have seen this. Groups of women tend to be mean to each other. To each other? Mm -hmm. No, I grew up with five sisters. So let me raise my hand. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay? I love my sisters. Right. But I understand that. Women are mean. Well, you don't think guys are mean? I'm sure guys are mean, but I'm not. I'm, it's my job in this segment is not to criticize men. Oh, right, right, okay. Now, That's interesting. Women, I, the worst job I ever had, and I'm sure a lot of this had had a lot of this had to do with the job I was doing. But I think that's about ten percent of it. Ninety percent of it was the fact that I worked for a number of years in a room with seven women and mm -hmm. no men, and. I, I just think that there's something about women. It's a competitive thing. It's a women tend to be catty and get on teams. Do you know what I mean? Segregate yeah. and we talk about you and we you're on the outside. And you're, I just there's something that is negative about how we are arranged that causes us to do that. Now, see, that runs contrary to my to a younger thought, because, of course, growing up in an Irish Catholic family with five sisters and a strong Irish Catholic mother and being taught by nuns, I thought to myself, well, the world would be a better place if women ran the world. Mm -hmm. And I still believe that in large part. I think, it, I think women running things is a wonderful idea if there are men around. Why? To because keep them in check or just no, to balance things just out? just to balance things out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, I, I just, I, I, that's, that's my experience. I wish it wasn't like that, but in my current position where I'm the only woman who works in programming, yeah, it's the easiest thing in the world. Oh, it is pretty easy. Yeah. Well, it's easy because, well, it's easy for a lot of reasons because you are the only woman here. You know, when you come into the room, things change mm -hmm. automatically. Right. Right. Men and are their and, best that, and that, that's not the best arrangement for every woman. No, I get not. the fact that I'm probably out outside the norm in that regard, especially working in this environment. Yeah. But I, but I, I just think that that that's that's the worst thing. That's women at their worst mm -hmm. is when they're when they're being catty and mean with each other. Um, I think that the hardest thing about being a woman is that no matter what you're doing, you are pulled in different directions. And I know that men can say the same thing, but there's something different about it. There's something different about if a woman is working, has a full-time job, a part-time job, whatever. When a woman is in the workplace, the woman never fully leaves home behind. Right. She's always it's, connected. It's different. And I know men are like, well, no, we, I'm concerned about the home too. I know, but it's different. It's just – and I don't know why it is. Well, it's like our but, guest was saying, our last guest was saying, when she, her baby was born – Right. Her husband supposedly was a light sleeper. But when the child woke up in the middle of the night, she always woke up. Right. It's just something you could that's hear it a million maternal. Miles away. It, as is, fraternal. it is. And you end up being linked to your children in a way that your husband isn't. That doesn't mean that your kids don't need a dad. It's not that at all. It's it's the kids need both parents. But there's something about how a woman is responsible 
for the the nature of the home. Do you know what I mean? Like right. I don't yes. I don't feel the sense. You guys both mentioned that you felt this overwhelming responsibility as far as financial provision yes. for the family, and thankfully, I've never had to to experience that. But I certainly feel this sense of I have to maintain the decorum, the or heart the- of it. The kind heart. of that's good. The heart of it. Do you know what, what I mean? Yes. And so, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what job I'm doing, I still that job is still right there. It's still 100. percent That's the hardest thing. Hmm. And when I'm at when I'm at home, it's hard because I feel pulled to work. It's like you can never. I don't know. It's just it's very hard to separate. Yes. I think that's hard. I don't think that's necessarily bad, but I think it's hard. There's is, another layer, which is why I put it in the hardest category. So, you know, I, from the outside looking in, I would think the hardest thing about being a woman in many ways, especially today. Uh, even despite uh, or because of hashtag me too, is that women are, uh, I believe, judged much harsher and much quicker and m- deeply unfairly on appearance oh, only. yes. That is so, so true. So when a woman walks into the room, oh, yeah. all eyes turn, yep. and within three seconds, your mind is made up yep. whether you engage or not. And, you know, where yep. a guy, I mean, a guy could just be, you know, a mook yeah. and look like, you That's know. so true. And, you know, people are going to deal with him one way or another. Right. And, and everything's so much more expensive for women as far as hair and yeah. clothes. Yeah. Did you see that article? It was just in the paper today. Well, about what's that? that? Uh, the fact that. Women's products, no matter what they are, whether it's shampoo or conditioner oh, or really? deodorant or whatever, is always at minimum 15% more what? costly. Really? Mm-hmm. 15% more? Minimum 15% more costly. because you guys don't go bald like us men do. <laughs> What are you talking about? (laughs) All right. Now, here's the best thing. The best thing about being a woman, this is not going to be any surprise, is it is so cool. It is super, super cool to be pregnant. It really is. It is super cool. It's also I'm so glad I don't it's have to also do that. really it's it's painful and it's a very weird experience. Like it's very it you feel kind of like there's an alien growing inside you. It's very but there's really something. I remember the first time I felt my daughter move, I about lost my mind. And I wasn't like <laughs> jumping around for joy. It was just so yeah. weird. It was so cool. There's a living there being in me. There is a whole being, a whole different person who I have to like, what, protect for like in a weird, you feel this overwhelming sense of responsibility. I remember when I found out I was pregnant the first time I was afraid to drive. My husband was like, what do you mean you're afraid? You're always driving 80 miles an hour. I was like, I felt like I was going to hurt her yeah. or something. Even the act of the seatbelt yeah, alone. Yeah, something. I was going to I was gonna do something to completely destroy her. Anyway, being pregnant, being a mom is absolutely awesome. That's cool. Okay, so what's the best and the worst thing about being a man or a woman? Uh, 800-320-8255. Yeah, we'll pick up the conversation, so stick, stick with us. It may not be stomach issues. For me, it's intense gas, or pain, or diarrhea, sometimes all at once, over and over. I spent years with the symptoms, but could never figure it out. No matter what I did, they never went away. So I decided to break it down for my doctor and get really specific about my symptoms. We discovered that exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, may be the reason for my stomach issues. EPI is caused by my pancreas. It leads to diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. The symptoms just don't go away. But EPI can show up with even one symptom. The good news? EPI is manageable. 
But to get to the right diagnosis, you have to break it down for your doctor and get specific about the severity of your symptoms. Visit IdentifyEPI.com to learn more and use the symptom checker to help change the conversation with your doctor. Brought to you by AbbVie. Graduation day is finally here. Celebrate their achievement and leave the catering to Bistro to Go in the Northside. From backyard family gatherings to glitzy affairs, their simply delicious creations are sure to impress. Fresh, unique, and artistically displayed. From crisp salads and fresh fruits to gorgeously grilled chicken or beef and delectable desserts. With vegan and gluten-free options. Reasonably priced, fully staffed, delivered, or ready to go. Celebrate success with Bistro to Go at BistroAndCompany.com. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance. And SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-881-4747. That's 1-800-881-4747. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-881-4747. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue and company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Chris Tomlin is unveiling the song, Good, Good Father. Word FM presents writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn. In a room full of Christian music broadcasters, two elderly black women will stand out. It's Ladies' Night Out, June 21st at the Bible Chapel. My mom and them have begun to do what I call a Baptocostal rock. Hey, Chris Tomlin or Aretha Franklin and Patti LaBelle singing in the back. Get early bird admission through May 31st at wordfm.com. Okay, so maybe we've scared people off. That Nobody wants to talk about no. the best, worst, and hardest things about what the What it is to be the best and the worst. And, yeah. I, and I know in everyone's private thoughts, mm-hmm. you have these thoughts that we've just revealed. Yeah. Uh, whether they're politically correct or not. But, you know, that's, right. uh, that's what I'm it sure is. I'm sure I'm going to open my email box and people are going to be screaming at me for saying that women are mean. Mm. But it's my experience. Like, I can only tell you what I've seen. Right. You- M- Mike, what's the best thing? Uh, I got a few. Uh, clothes for men are a lot cheaper. That's a very good point. And so are haircuts. Mm, oh, yes, yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, is it, isn't there something, you know, internal that you feel about being a guy? You go, I'm glad I'm a guy. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. I mean, I'm not like, I don't know. I'm not gonna like make a. I'm proud of a man flag and like post it on my. I want to see that. But anyway, that. what's the James Brown song? What's, right? what's the James? It's a man's world. Oh, this is a man's oh, world. that's a great yeah. song. That's a great song. Another thing is, uh, older age is kinder to men. Yep, I believe. Yep. You think? Yes. Oh yeah. I'm not sure about I that. Think so. Look, now when oh, you I see guys, so. just getting bald. No, no, no. When you see mm-hmm. guys who, well, maybe this, especially in the old days when guys, you know, were physical laborers to drive this country. I mean, guys get so beat up so oh, fast. Yeah, you mean as far as the physical oh, the condition? Physical, and, oh, my yeah. God. I mean, I know so many guys who are beat and bent and broken, just crushed by those decades mm-hmm. of crawling under the cars or walking the street. That's a good point. Doing that thing. That, uh, that's so brutal. That's a good point. 
That's a good point. I mean, I just, you know, and not to say that women have it easy, but guys, right. their bodies are machines and they get used up like a machine. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. But I see what Mike is saying because I feel like with our uh, cultural obsession with appearance, that's a lot harder on a woman than it is on a man. I mean, look at the men who are newscasters. Like the men are all men are all jabronis. Like they can, they can look like anything, but every woman has to be like uh, the the intellectual capacity of a neurosurgeon, and they have to look like Miss America. Right. Well, that's what the culture demands. Right. And maybe and that's, that's going to change. Maybe that would change. That to would some be degree, nice, right? That would be nice. I mean, yeah. one thing we're seeing now are some plus sized clothing models. That's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. I read today the Dress Barn is going out of business. Thank goodness. 650 stores. That's really better. I thought Dress Barn was like plus size, but it's not. No. Brad Brad came in and says, instead of women live longer. Well, you got that right. They do. That's a good point. I'm smoking both you guys. Yeah, you are. (laughs) Okay. Live it up while you can, pals. I'll be a rear view memory. (laughs) Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. More subpoenas being issued this hour by Democrat House Judiciary Chair Jerry Nadler in the wake of Don McGahn's refusal to appear today. This time, the subpoena is going out to Hope Hicks and Annie Donaldson. Hicks is a former White House communications director, and Donaldson was deputy to former White House counsel Don McGahn. Hicks is now chief communications officer for Fox News. And the former attorney general of Virginia, whose name had been tossed about for months for an immigration role, will be joining the Trump administration, according to a White House official. Ken Cuccinelli will be taking a position with the Department of Homeland Security, that according to the person who spoke on condition of anonymity Tuesday ahead of an official announcement. On Wall Street, a good day as the Dow was up by 197 points. The Nasdaq rose 84. The S&P advanced 24 oil down to 63.02 a barrel. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Across America, it's snoring season. Right now, 90 million Americans make this sound every night. Snoring can be caused by breathing through your mouth when you sleep. If you have a blocked or narrow nose, then you're more likely to open your mouth to breathe, causing snoring. Thankfully, there's mute, an ingenious Australian invention that could quiet the snoring season once and for all. Mute is a comfortable nasal breathing device that sits inside the nose, supporting your airway and keeping it open while you sleep. You'll breathe more easily through your nose and snore less. In fact, in trials, 75% of couples reported a reduction in snoring when using Mute, allowing them both a better night's sleep. Put snoring season to bed, America. Available at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid and other fine stores. For more information, go to MuteSnoring.com. Mute. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. 
Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. Fully transparent and here to help. Qualities like these make the original mattress factory unique. Come see where and how we make our mattresses and compare our products to the mainstream brands. We want to help you make an informed decision, free from hassle and confusion. So when you're ready to purchase your next mattress, come to the original mattress factory first. Whether you buy from us or not, you'll walk away better prepared to make a smart mattress choice. Stop by one of our stores or visit OriginalMattress.com. Things would happen in church that you weren't allowed to laugh. Word FM presents... Funny things were happening, and we had to pretend like it wasn't happening. Ladies Night Out with writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn. My sister got up and she mined to a Yolanda Adams song, and it was beautiful. It's a night out for the girls. As she was miming and she was twirling, her wig came off. June 21st at the Bible Chapel. I have not seen the type of power or anointing that could make us forget your hair. Get early bird admission now through May 31st at wordfn.com. Partly cloudy tonight with a low of 50 degrees, a warmer day tomorrow with a mixture of clouds and sunshine, a thunderstorm in some spots later on in the afternoon, high 79, mild tomorrow night 65, warm and more humid for Thursday with clouds and some sunshine, a heavy thunderstorm will be around in the afternoon. Any thunderstorm could produce some hail and damaging wind gusts, high 82 degrees. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along. Good to be with you this is it nice outside? Do you know? Um, it's still cool. I mean, cool. this is a very cool day. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to go to the Pirate game tonight. Uh, oh, Mike, are you... are you going tonight? Wait a second. I am not, unfortunately. I'm house hunting. Oh, okay. Back to the house hunting. Okay. Oh, we had, oh, you got pirate tickets? Yeah. Well, I, I was offered pirate tickets, and I turned them down because I just, it's not quite warm enough for me yet. 60 <laughs> degrees right now. So, 60 tonight. Oh, so. Yeah, but it's going to go down to 46 yeah, or something. Yeah, so you'll be the ballpark bundled up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just not, I don't want to no, do that. No, that's not good. I was reading the thing about Major League Baseball attendance is down 14% this year, but I think it's I unfair. I think it's just because it's cold. Yeah, who wants to go? I mean, I was at opening day. Believe me, it was like about 12 degrees there. Yeah, I mean, but tomorrow's going to be back up to 75 or something like that. Okay. 81. Oh, he, 81. Nice. Yeah. So, anyway, the, the, um, the Pirates are home tonight. PNC versus the Rockies. Right. Um, it's going to be a fun home stand, but they're going to be, you said, in Cincinnati for a couple days. Okay, so the uh, Bucks are home tonight through Sunday, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they'll be in Cincinnati. Then they're back home again uh, with the Brewers. And, it's something uh, like 13 games in 14 days. Oh, great. I like this. Wow. Uh, so, of course, then we're headed into June here. Then the Brewers come into town, and then the Braves. Mm, don't I, you hate the Braves? Oh, I despise the Do, Braves. Oh, my I wish God. the Braves would be like the worst Do, team in baseball for the next song, century. That thing they sing? What, the Tomahawk Chop thing? I lose my mind when I hear that. Uh, I lose my name, too. Uh, I just, yeah, don't even. Don't, that's, stop it. Stop. Don't the Redskins do that, too? 
Well, at UCLA does it. Oh, or, okay. I mean, USC, pardon me. Right, right. The Trojans do it. I just can't. It just drives me out of my mind. I mean, you know, we're tearing down statues. You think that people I know. Go, why, what really? Are we, what's that? Why are we doing that? It's, it's the most annoying cheer of all time. Anyway, so the Bucks are looking good. Are, are they looking shocking based on all that has been piled on them injury-wise? Right. They look pretty good. It's no, May. they look it's great. May. They look great. Our, our friend John in the next studio. It's May. I know. I recognize right? it's and May. So but it, here's the thing. True. We can only judge what we've seen. And so far, great job. When they look good, they look great. When they look horrible, my goodness gracious. I heard someone on ESPN two nights ago saying that they, at this point in the season, not for the whole season, yeah. but right where we are in the season, they'd give Clint Hurdle National League Manager of the Year. What? Nice. Really? Simply okay, because of what he's had to work with. Yeah, I mean, look yeah. at all the things that have happened. Look at all the injuries. Look at every, I mean, Clint has Very done a masterful job. Hey, Faith Night's coming up. Right? Yeah, right. coming up June 22nd. Nice. It's a Saturday. A f- I, what I like first, about this. First Saturday faith night ever. It's a 4 o'clock game, too. Gets so the, It's like the San Diego Padres. All of our dreams come true. Nice. Plus, We're, we absolutely wiped the floor with San Diego yeah, over did. the last week. Will the chicken be there? Well, is the San Diego chicken such a thing anymore? The San Diego chicken? Yeah, you don't know. That was like the original mascot. I don't know the chicken. What? Well, know you know, I wasn't you a baseball know. fan until oh. like six Listen, years ago. The, you need to read about the, uh, the San Diego chicken because it was a thing. It was like a phenomenon. And the guy who became, who like invented the San Diego chicken was essentially just a rabid fan. And he started dressing as a chicken at the <laughs> what ballpark. What does a chicken have to do with the Nothing. Padres? That's exactly it. And so he started dressing in a chicken suit and showing up at the San Diego Padres game. He turned this into a gigantic income, but then he self-destructed. He sort of got prideful. There's that word mm-hmm. again. Yeah. He was walking down the street you know, and saw another Mike's, chicken Mike's coming really, towards him. Mike's really attuned to that. He likes to pick that out in someone whenever he, he sees does, it. He does, because he knew the San Diego chicken. So really? then the guy, but it's a really weird story, but the San Diego chicken is a thing. I didn't, I'm surprised you didn't know that. No, I didn't know it that. It sort of set the stage for all other mascots, and uh-huh. I'm saying all other mascots. Interesting. Huh. Speaking of mascots, uh, when Jack Graham was here a couple weeks ago, oh, yeah. you know, big Texas Ranger fan from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, he's heard every day here on Word FM at 11. Um, when he was here, he was, he'd was he never been to a game at PNC Park. Mm-hmm. And so he said, so what do you like what's what's your deal with the mascot and whatever and i said oh well we have the parrot and he said oh so is there like a, a race or whatever like it i the said pierogi thing. i said now listen there's no parrot that's running the race the pierogies are running the race he was like <laughs> what what <laughs> you got b- dough balls running mm-hmm. around in the field yeah. oh yes we he's do he's like that's i right. thought that was food i said oh it is food yeah my favorite is um, in D.C. where they have the president. That's a great idea. I love that. Story. I love that. <laughs> it's so, Abraham Lincoln trying to beat George Washington right. in a foot so race. So he brought uh, that. He brought that up, and he said, "But those are people." I said, "I know." Yeah. This is food. We don't need people. No, we, we need pierogies. We got food. Hannah. All right. Speaking of food, listen to this. I saw this article in uh, OK Whatever, which is my new favorite website. What is that? OK Whatever. It's a whole bunch of things. A lot of which are really not suitable for discussion or looking <laughs> at all. Oh, okay. But this is this. What was, are you doing there? This was an interesting story. Um, Asking if if a new beverage uh, rage is going to take over the United States. A new beverage rage. Yeah, rage. Rage. (laughs) Hello. You with me, John? A new beverage rage. It's called rage. Cheese tea. Rage. Sorry. Have you ever had cheese tea, Mike? (laughs) It sounds horrible. 
Well, like, it sounds bad. When someone says, like, you know, when you're, like, having spaghetti and you pass the pass the Parmesan and a little spills into your milk. Pass the Parmesan cheese. please. Tea, please. Okay, so picture this. It's a variety of colorful and creamy teas on offer Mm -hmm. at your local shop, Mm -hmm. each topped with a white, frothy cap. That cap, however, is not what you think it is. Instead of whipped up milk, it is made of cheese, melted cream cheese, heavy whipping cream, and a pinch of Himalayan pink salt, to be exact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's something that started in the Far East, and it has become popular in Europe, and it is slowly making its entrance into the United States, where you can now find this particular beverage at select establishments. No, wait, no, wait. So back up. So I'm mm-hmm. going to have like a cup of Darjeeling tea. Yeah. And then have some cream cheese on top mm-hmm. of it? Well, you have three options. You can either have the cream cheese topper, the creme brulee topper, hmm. or the white cheddar topper. Oh, I'd go for that. Each of which can be paired with any of the black, green, herbal, or milky teas. Oh. No feta? Mm-hmm. No feta. Oh. It's no. Greek tea. Yeah. So you kind of sip the tea while it's filtering through the cheese, kind of, and you're getting a little bit of each really? at the same time. My my first question is, do you get, like, curd on your teeth? You might. And I don't I mean, like I've that. never I had this. I mean, I'm not bringing this up because I'm trying to advocate for it. I, I, I feel like I'm pointing out something very odd happening in the world. It is. It's very two two different textures. Yeah. You know when Ralph Crew from the Carnegie Science Center comes oh, yeah. and talks about black holes? Mm-hmm. I feel like this is... The same. Right. This the is black just, hole of foods. I, d- I don't even know what to say so about it. You don't even have cheese with your wine, but you can also also have it with your tea. On your tea? On your tea. Do you really want cheese on your tea? Uh, well, I, I try it. Wouldn't you I try, try it? it? Well, I mean, I'd try anything. But I, Would you say the cheddar? The, okay, they call it they call it the fluffy head. The fluffy okay? head. Which is the cheese foam cap. Okay? okay. It's, it rests sturdily on top of the tea. And apparently it catches the naked eye enough to inspire questions. And the woman who wrote the article talked about, you know, kind of walking through L.A., people saying, what the heck are you drinking? Oh, this has to be an L.A. thing. Right. right. And she says, you know, she'd say, well, you know, this is cheese tea. And cheese some people tea. would say that's really interesting. And other people would say that's disgusting. Really? What are you doing? Okay. So if it's in L.A. right now, then it'll come to Pittsburgh at least three years from now. Right, we're Probably. always behind three, Probably, at least three years. Right, that makes sense. Okay, so let me tell you one thing. So this woman had it the first time with the white cheddar topper. She said she was glad she tried it, but she really didn't feel the need to ever try it again. Okay. Then months later, she was walking by the little tea shop in L.A., and she said, you know what? I should give it another chance. So she went in and ordered their most popular drink. Would you like to hear what it is? Let's hear it. The Dirty Mess. Mm. The Dirty Mess. Mm-hmm. What does that consist the of? The cheese tea is milky and chocolatey. With a creme brulee cap and Oreo crumbles sprinkled on top. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, she said the chocolate tea was creamy and subdued. The creme brulee was thick, crunchy, and salty, keeping the whole thing from being too sweet. It wasn't regular tea or a milkshake or even a dessert, but its own thing entirely. Hmm. I wonder what the Brits would say. I think the Brits would be appalled by it. I would think so. The because queen. They're, they're the champions of tradition. Of course. So the queen in her tea time, because you know, you know, at tea time you do tend to have like a, a scone or something like that, which you, might I, include a spice or a, a slice of cheese. When we put off British rule, it's sad to me we didn't keep that. Right. The tea time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had tea, like high tea? Yes, I have. Yes. I love a crumpet. Oh, 
I'd be happy to have a scone. I love, what's the uh, clotted cream? Mm-hmm. The two together would be Jam? very nice. That's about the little sandwich, the cucumber sandwiches? Yeah. So because it's L.A., they're just trying to save time and just sort of move things move all it together. All, move right, it all right, together. Right, right. But they say it's not from British origin. It's Far Eastern origin. Interesting. All right. Well. All right. So thank you. Mary Beth Connaughton wrote that for uh, OK Whatever. And so if you see cheese tea coming to a place near you, just remember, I told you about it first. Very nice. OK. We'll take a break. Come back. Uh, oh, Jason Sharon is with us. Uh, Jason's going to talk about... Faith and socialism, one of those things is not like the other. Well, that's interesting. Stay with us for that conversation. That's next. Are you getting close to retirement? Have you experienced a nice bump in your portfolio? Well, we know that the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you to design a help you to design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure you have a retirement that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, and speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle them too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how, for 25 years, the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. So give them a call today, 724-884-1496, or find them online, MarleyFG.com. 101.5 WORD. Now, here's Dr. J. Vernon McGee with a poem about Bible study. You will kneel in very rapture when you read the Bible through. Do you tune in to Through the Bible daily? Do you ride the Bible bus? This is Letter Month at Through the Bible, and you can share your gratitude by logging on to our station website. Tell the ministry how Dr. McGee's teaching has changed your life. Send your note of encouragement to Through the Bible today. Go to wordfm.com slash letter. For kids, Idlewild is a place full of adventures. There are rides that are just their size, treats to tickle their taste buds, and special friends like Daniel Tiger to touch their hearts. When you're a grown-up, Idlewild is every bit as magical, every bit as memorable, every bit as fun. Idlewild and Soak Zone, because you love to see them smile. Get unlimited admission with three payments under $24 each at idlewild.com. Pella has done it again with our brand new lifestyle series. Pella can customize window replacement solutions room by room. Imagine bedroom and bathroom windows with shades between the glass, a room darkening experience for sleep in one room, and beautiful privacy in the other. Pella Lifestyle Series is the number one performing wood window and patio door. For a limited time, get 50% off installation in 12 months, no payments, no interest. Call 888-77-PELLA or PellaPittsburgh.com. They didn't teach us this in Bible college. A family in my church has asked me to help with their son who's addicted to heroin. They're in a serious crisis, and I'm so busy with everything else at the church. How do I help them? For over 50 years, Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has come alongside local pastors to help them in the fight against addiction in their congregations. Call 724-265-4100 now. Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. Hey, thanks for being with us. So socialism, 
that seems to be the new rage, doesn't it? I mean, there's a lot going on there. Uh, all the politicians, or a lot of politicians, are talking about the young freshmen as they make their way to Congress. Oh, socialism. Yeah. That's, uh, and apparently, four in ten Americans embrace some form of socialism. Father Jason Chiron is with us from Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Carnegie, talking about this. Faith and socialism, one of these things is not like the other. Jason, welcome back. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, this is a little personal for me, and I get a little uh, agitated. Emo- agitated about it because, you know, prices have been paid for bad ideas in the 20th century, and we're embarking on the new century, the 21st century. We're 19 years into it, and uh, people just seem to not want to learn from the blood of others. Um, you know, my you may, listeners may or may not know my my wife is is from Ukraine, and I live there. And my some of my children were born there, um, and uh, her relatives were uh, deported to Siberia for a number of years. And a lot of my parishioners have experience like that. And uh, Americans need to know that a lot of people who have come to this country have come here not just because this is the greatest country in the world with religious and economic freedom, but they are fleeing away mm-hmm. from hellhole countries that endured socialism. Their families endured socialism. Their parents died in horrible camps because of these ideas. And we have uh, kids on our campuses who think that, that, that these are fashionable ideas without consequences. Well, they have to open up their eyes. They have to ask the people in the churches of Pittsburgh who have families who were from countries like that, what were the consequences of these socialist mm-hmm. ideas? They have to Stop listening to these socialist Marxist professors of theirs. They have to start reading God's Word, and God's Word teaches us about accountability and teaches us about faith in Him, not faith in men or men's governments or their nice ideas about rationalizing and rationing money and food. It's about work, working with our hands. These things are important for us. Jason, it's interesting. All the conversations you hear about socialism, nobody brings up faith or faith persecution, do they? Well, it's an interesting thing, you know, because um, when you look at these countries which have endured socialism, it's there where the faith is attacked the most. And people intentionally, intentionally are ignoring the number of martyrs, Catholic, Orthodox, Protestant martyrs in these countries. Uh, you have to look at, well, I mean, the, the Communism uh, Memorial Foundation in, in uh, Washington last year put out the statistics about the number of these martyrs. And, uh, you know, one-fifth of millennials in the United States don't know that Stalin killed more than 30 million people. Right. You know, they're just oblivious that's a, to And that. that's a conservative number. We don't know how oh, many yeah. people he killed. Yeah. I mean, on the, the same foundation in the Black Book of Communism says that 4 million Ukrainians were starved to death because of socialist planning uh, uh, and farming procedures mm-hmm. in 1932. We know it was it was nine million. So th- these numbers are not overinflated. They're under. They're mm-hmm. under the, the what's what's real. Um, you know, I mean, just to look at well, as you said the the victims of faith and the role faith plays in these socialist societies. Just in Spain alone, just in Spain between 1936 and 1939, do you know how many people that the communists killed? Just bishops, priests, and nuns. We're not talking about, you know, your average believers. Just the bishops, priests, and nuns in Spain alone in three years. How many? 6,800. Now, we're not talking about people who oppose it, Uh, you know, lay people, people in the pews, honest people. We're talking just about the clergy. In three years, the socialists eliminated 6,800 inconvenient clergy members. Wow for speaking the truth. That's in one country in three years. So the appeal of socialism, as I understand it, is the idea that 
there's an ease about it in some way that all will be taken care of, right? Medicine, jobs, all those things that now hold us to our work and force us to go out and earn a living. Well, the government's going to take care of that and everything's going to be good because they'll be fair. It is. And it, it, it's, it's the tale of two teenagers who are, who, who are both caught red-handed disobeying their parents. Um, and the, the, the dad says to the older boy, you know what, you did something wrong. You've got to go out and work in the garden. And you've got to fix this up. Take the garbage out for a week and and do your that's your your penance. And the older boy says, "Yeah, you're right. I'll do it." You know that, that's that's it's kind of um, remedial. And the other one says, "No, I'm not going to do the work." And that that's the 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 um, the response between faith and socialism in in the face of evil in our world is that faith responds to what God said to Adam is that by work and the sweat of his brow he will earn his bread. And that's the response of the Christian man and Christian woman in our society today is they go out and they work, and by their work, uh, they produce fruit. Uh, the, the, the opposite response of that is to, to renege on that and to turn away and to run away from faith and to upload it and offload it somehow to others and to government so that I don't have to do the work of, of supporting the needy. Uh, some bureaucrat somewhere else is going to do it for me. That's not the way that people of faith work. It's not the job of government to do the good right before you today. Mm -hmm. Right. So we talked yesterday about the gentleman who got up to deliver the commencement address at Morehouse College and uh, shocked everybody by saying that as of today, we're going to, and by we, he meant he and his foundation, are going to pay for the college debt of every graduating senior, which ended up to be somewhere in the neighborhood of $40 million. Wow. Um, Mike and I talked about it yesterday, and we were chatting about how just lovely, inspiring, powerful it is to somebody make to see somebody make a gift like that. Yeah. And sadly, we were also talking about the number of uh, freshman congressmen who had discussed it on Twitter, and they were saying, you know, it's such a shame that every student isn't given this type of opportunity by the government. So basically, they were saying college should be free. Right. Mm. And I said, but the, the, the difference is that when someone gives you a gift, yeah, can you imagine the type of gratefulness that those seniors at Morehouse College are experiencing? And it's directed towards one man who gave them an incredible gift. You are never going to have that type of thankfulness towards a bureaucratic entity. You're not if, – if you feel like the government is just going to hand you a college education, sadly, that's not going to make you grateful. No. And the government – the government can't get things straight. Look at your Social Security story. Oh, my gosh. If you relied on the government to, to run your life in an orderly, timely fashion. Right. Of course, you'd lose your mind. It. You'd lose your mind. But isn't there something intrinsically transformational about watching somebody give and somebody receive? Yes. Now, the sad thing is none of us are doing it enough, right? That, that it, It's so transformational that we should be doing it more and more and more and more because the needy are everywhere. The poor will always be with us. They're all around us. It's not like we need to look very far to find people who need our time or our money or our energies or whatever it is. But just that per, that one example of that man canceling the debts of all those students was so lovely and it's just so much more tangible it's so much more lovely to see here's a gift and the person saying thank you than it being a governmental transaction that people feel like they're entitled to right. yeah. well, so then jace what, what about this what about the idea of the eradication of people of faith whether it's in spain or ukraine or russia wherever i mean uh, 
how can that even be considered as a, a topic of discussion of the truth of what may come our way? We are. Okay. I think it's fair to say that we're in a an anti-religious uh, thread right now in society. But yep. nobody who's advocating socialism in America ever wants to acknowledge that any type of violence or repression has ever been a part of socialism. That's not even well, brought up. Well, you know, there's that that cute. Uh, series, the, the Simpsons. And there's that cute episode in The Simpsons when Homer Simpson is putting his hand on a red hot oven. Okay? Uh, and he's putting it on every time he puts it on. Uh, it shows the, you know, the nerve impulse going up to his brain and then he's going, ow. And he does it once, twice, 40, 50, 60 times. And every time he does it, it's like, ow, ow, ow. And that's the definition of insanity, is doing the same thing over and over and over again, mm -hmm. expecting a different response. Right. Uh, an intelligent person would hit it once, make a mistake, realize I'm never putting my hand on a red-hot oven surface ever again. And these socialist advocates are worse than the Homer Simpson in that cartoon because we're not talking about one or two hand burnings on the top of an oven. We're talking about 100 million lives. And this happens every time that people uh, at attack faith, and it's almost always Christianity, and they do it in the form of a socialist communist regime, is that time and time again, the result is human misery, the desecration of the sacred, the attack on religious freedom, the attack on the Word of God, desecration of the scriptures, the sacraments. All of these things happen. It doesn't matter if it's in North Korea, China, in Central America, wherever socialism goes, the effect is the same. Always and without exception. So, as this comes upon us, and it seems as though it's at our shores, how do we as believers raise the banner here and well, say, and, hold well, on? Well, and let me ask you what you say to, there are a ton of Christians who would, who... Testify to this. No, well, yes, there are a lot of Christians that would testify to this, but there are a lot of Christians that would say socialism is actually advocated in the book of Acts. I mean, they had everything in common. Well, first of all, they're wrong is that it's not advocated in, in Scripture. That's simply charity. And uh, socialism is mandated giving of things which belong to you. Um, and in, in, in Christian faith, it's voluntary, is that I make a free will offering of myself uh, for the good of another. And we live in common and have things held in common. So if people really have an admiration for socialism, they don't need to go to Moscow. They need to go to a monastery. And it's in the monasteries where people have nothing, and they are so full of joy. Go look at the Sisters of Christ the Bridegroom in Barton, Ohio, or Holy Transfiguration up in Elwood City. Full of joy. They own nothing. Everything's in common. So if they really like that idea, then they don't need to go recreate it and imitate what Mount Moscow did. They simply have to go to the monastery, St. Paul of the Cross. They can go to a monastery and see it. They can go to a good Christian household and see how the, a Christian family lives. Um, but under socialism is that it's mandated. And no charity should be mandated. Uh, and I don't think uh, forcing someone to take what they've worked for and give it to someone who doesn't appreciate it, I wouldn't consider that uh, a charity. I'd consider that theft. That's good. Hey, Jason, uh, good conversation. I appreciate you being here and raising the banner about this because it is all the rage, and you hear it all the time in the news cycle. So a totally different perspective, and as believers, we should be aware of this. But one thing, if, if it does come to our shores in full-fledging glory, I want to thank God for it, because every time you, we've had a society where there's communism, and they attack, and they put us on the cross, we mm -hmm. shine, and the churches fill up again, 
and the monasteries and the seminaries fill up again, and they will give us something we ourselves don't have right now, and that's a beaming, renewed, purified faith in Christ. Thank you mm-hmm. to Lenin and Marx for that. Mm-hmm. Father Jason Sharon, Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Carnegie, Pennsylvania. We'll take a break and be back in just a few minutes. Stick around. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy here on 101.5 Word FM and uh, oh, WPIT Radio as well. Graduation Day is finally here. Celebrate their achievement and leave the catering to Bistro to Go in the Northside. From backyard family gatherings to glitzy affairs, their simply delicious creations are sure to impress. Fresh, unique, and artistically displayed. From crisp salads and fresh fruits to gorgeously grilled chicken or beef and delectable desserts. With vegan and gluten-free options. Reasonably priced, fully staffed, delivered, or ready to go. Celebrate success with Bistro to Go at bistroandcompany.com. Hey, it's John Hall. So a while back, the folks at MyPillow said, Hey, John, can you try out a MyPillow and let us know what you think? I was skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow. But what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost. Interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own my pillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. MyPillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a MyPillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of MyPillow's premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at MyPillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Come celebrate Faith, Family, and Fun Wednesday through the weekend at Neville Rollerdrome. There's something for everyone, from families to youth groups. However you like to roll, from hits old and new to high-energy games, family-friendly favorites to your favorite CCM tunes, Neville Rollerdrome offers a mix of safe, clean, family fun for every age. See skate rules and session details at SkateNRD.com. Neville Rollerdrome, this is how we roll at SkateNRD.com. Jill, why didn't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told story till it got dark, and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ag Council. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit. From pre-K through 12th grade, through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average, schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Partly cloudy tonight with a low of 50 degrees. A warmer day tomorrow with a mixture of clouds and sunshine. A thunderstorm in some spots later on in the afternoon. High 79. Mild tomorrow night, 65. Warm and more humid for Thursday with clouds and some sunshine. A heavy thunderstorm will be around in the afternoon. The thunderstorm could produce some hail and damaging wind gusts. High 82 degrees. 
With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. What was your favorite subject in school? Oh, English. Yeah. That was so easy. And, and, I mean, not English was easy, but I mean, it was easy for me to answer your question. Right. As opposed to science, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. And I mean, science was easier than math. Yeah. Literature. I mean, I want to read. I want to absorb all that. But the science stuff, the STEM stuff. Dear heaven. Yeah. Okay. So when you think about, you know, where you are now and, you know, the gifts that God has given you. What if, you know, what if, you know, you know, these people, whether they're savants or just geniuses, and there is something about them that they have a heightened grasp of one particular subject that they can just breathe, eat alive day and night. Mm -hmm. They are beyond the the norm. They're brilliant in one particular thing. You know how satisfying that would be? Yes, that really would be. That that is your complete specialty and you are com- And you know that you have you can offer so much on that subject because your understanding of it is so deep. Right. And never get tired of it and always continually learning more about that subject. Right. To give back, mm-hmm. to invest further. Mm-hmm. If you could be brilliant in one subject, what would you choose? If, wait. If I could be brilliant in one subject and one subject only, what would it be? Yes. Easy. History. History. Mm-hmm. You'd be the, the ultimate historian. Yep. You'd be um, Doris Kearns Goodwin. Yeah, um, why not? Um, Although David without, the, without the plagiarism, plagiarism allegation, yeah. David McCullough's got a new book out. You know, I didn't know. Yes, he does. Um, so all those, you know, whoever the Andy Basic. Oh my gosh! An excellent historian is someone I think who is also a fabulous storyteller. Has to be because I think you have to you have to be able to synthesize. The facts right. and make them put Compelling. them in human scale. But hearing Jason Sharon talk uh, about his um, his view on socialism, you can't escape the actual story of what socialism has wrought. But if you don't know the story that socialism has wrought, then you're going to think that you know, Bernie Sanders has it going on right. because he's, you know, that's probably the best thing for all of us. That makes good sense to me. So yeah, why right. not? We should all be doing that. That right. seems fair and equitable. Right. And so we end up as human beings just making the same mistakes over and over and over again, simply because we just don't know. Right. We are doomed to repeat ourselves. Right. So I wonder though, so if you're a brilliant historian, do you have the ability to change minds, to alter societies, to prevent them from well, I don't repeating know. You, those same you didn't, things? You didn't allow me to be a good writer, so now I'm not sure I can write about it. You said I could only be good at one thing, so I don't know what I don't know what you do as a historian. Maybe it becomes a prison of some sort because you just know so much about what has happened and you can't affect any change in the future. Wait, so then you're just talking to yourself? Well, I don't know. Or- I don't know. I mean, I would like to think that if I was a pivotal historian that I would also be able to write well, like Doris Kearns Goodwin or David McCullough are fabulous writers. Right. They're tremendous writers. Well, I mean, I th- let's presuppose Or who's that- the guy, Neil Ferguson? 
Brit- British guy who oh, wrote yeah, sure. the who wrote the Kissinger biographies. Let's let's presuppose they go hand in hand because okay, a, great. A, if I can have both, I'll I'll take both. Right, because if you are interested in a good story, then you also would perhaps hold the gift of telling right. and then writing that would a be good story. That would I think be good. Okay, would, so you'll let me take a two for one then. Yes, I okay. think so. I Thanks, think John. it's fair enough, right? right. They, they sort of okay. go go together. I like it. So by doing that, if you were brilliant as a historian and had the wherewithal, the chops to write and to podcast mm-hmm. or broadcast or integrate into the greater culture, then you could change the culture. I think so. Because then you could – I mean, when I read The Wright Brothers, um, oh, yeah. McCullough's book. It's a great book. I'm telling you, that made me more creative. Just he, just reading the they, – they just had this limitless belief in we – we can figure it out or we'll right. try to make it. It was just this, op, what is it, optimism, courage. Uh, they're obviously intelligent. But it's like it's a, yeah, it's such a mixture of all of those things. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that inspi- that totally inspired me. Right, of course. Yeah, because when you see somebody else, you think, well, what separated them from me? Why could I not do that? Mm-hmm. We had family in town over the weekend. And uh, I got a brother-in-law who lives the, down at the Chesapeake Shore. So we, we, late on Saturday night. Want to watch something? And so we watched the the American Experience. You know, it's the, the PBS. Yeah, that's right. It's always good. And uh, there was a series on uh, on w- the history of whaling in the United States, mm. which goes you know way back to the 1700s. And then they sort of charted the course of how important whale oil was for the burgeoning new nation. I mean, mm, not until, really? yeah, I mean, really it wasn't until oil was discovered in Titusville did whale oil lose its luster. I did not know It that. was necessary for, you know, uh, for your lamps, for some form of machinery that was starting to progress. It was the cutting edge of technology. But, but what's interesting about it is that um, Herman Melville, Herman Moby Melville, Dick. yeah, Herman Melville met a guy who was on board a ship and essentially lived Moby Dick. It's a true story, essentially. Moby Dick is a true story. Yes. I should have paid more attention. It's a true story. And so this man gave this sort of partial manuscript to Herman Melville about the historical events that happened. And then Herman Melville later on wrote the story of Moby Dick. But what happened was Herman Melville was a, was a terrific writer, and he was poised to go into this next realm of international fame. But he published Moby Dick at the exact same time as the Industrial Revolution was shifting forward, and people were, had lost interest in the whaling industry and were now looking at railroading. So Moby Dick, the book, was buried. It was a complete and total disaster. And it wasn't until after Herman Melville died did the book become a runaway bestseller. Because people were sick of machines by that point, and they needed to hearken back to something That's else exactly that was it. more basic. Yeah. So how does history, the telling of history, define us? Mm-hmm. And the stories that even now, I mean, I thought it was a fascinating thing that we saw in American experience. I wanted to know more about that. Well, I'm not going to get on a whaling boat. And who's whaling now? Maybe the Japanese, maybe the Scandinavians. But as a society in around the world, not so much anymore. Anyway, um, I digress. No. Okay, so let's get into that. Let's take a break. We can open up the phones. 800-320-8255. If you could be an expert in one discipline. Any any discipline. Anything. What would it be? Would you like to be? No. Okay. So that doesn't include 
Like, you want to be an economist, like Jerry yeah. Boyer. Yeah. He's brilliant. Jerry right. Boyer, I would say, is brilliant. But that doesn't include something that's creative. Why not? What if you were an expert? What if you were an artist? Someone could pick art. You think? Why? Yes, Brilliant of in one subject. If New Mike wants to be a violinist. Oh, well, no, yeah. then wouldn't you? Oh, okay. then I'm changing mine. Okay, changing well, then mind. you got to think about it. 800-320-8255. If there was uh, one thing that you would be brilliant one in, thing. whether it was performance art or creative arts or something in higher learning or sports or whatever, what is that thing that you would go, that's my passion? That's what I want to mm-hmm. breathe into. 800-320-8255. Take a break. Come back. Join us. If you're brilliant in one subject, let us know. Let's let's have that conversation. 800-320-8255. We're back in just a few minutes. W-O-R-D. In many parts of the world, China, Africa, India, Southeast Asia, people have never heard, have never heard the name of Jesus. Even if they have, many lack the resources to learn about it. Word FM has teamed with the Bible League to send God's word to the world. $5 will send a Bible now. $100 will send 20 Give now at wordfm.com keyword Bibles or call 1-800-YES-WORD. Jen had a very busy day today, really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, one day. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Spring House. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Spring House Catering Department a call at 
888-333-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm-fresh catering from the Springhouse. Hey, welcome back. We're talking about brilliance or, or genius, I guess is another word for it. If you could be brilliant or a genius in one subject. What would it be? And I, and we sort of expanded this because I was looking, we first started to talk about this. I was just thinking purely academic. Mm-hmm. So like physics or astronomy, you know, right? Right. You know, whatever medicine, mm-hmm. what, whatever it is, which would be, wouldn't that be great to be like, you know, cutting edge, High-end yes. doctor, and you're yes. saving life after life after life. Be, what a feeling that must yeah, be. Yeah, amazing. Uh, but at the same time, it would be incredible to be Babe Ruth or you know someone oh, yeah. who, you know, you go to the ballpark and you're like this fabulous gazelle with the power of a bull, and you can hit and run and mm-hmm. skip and delight yourself and the crowd. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Or wouldn't it be great to be Yo-Yo Ma and you could play... Oh my gosh! You know, it's just—it's just so beautiful. Yeah, just if you're Yo-Yo Ma, you can sit alone in your room mm-hmm. and love on that, or you can sit in front of ten thousand people right. and love on that. What a great right. gift that would be! I guess it goes back to knowledge and performance brings joy. The the spark of that. That God has given us, and all of us in possess that. Yeah, an ability to learn. Right, God has given us that. You know, pe- people, you know what? Got a I don't want to be Babe Ruth. I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. I've been thinking about it. And by the way, our phone lines are open at eight hundred three two zero eight two five five. If you want to chime in, athletics are so fleeting because our musculature is fragile. Is fragile, and I'd much rather be good at something that you can do for longer than sports. Leonardo da Vinci. Right. Okay. So there's Leonardo da Vinci with a mind that's... And he was probably better at 60 than he was at 20. Yes. But there's no baseball player who's better at 60 than 20. No. There are managers that are better at 60 than they were at 20. Sure. Wisdom. But as far as the actual players, there aren't. I think that that's what I'd be. A manager? No, an artist. And in, a visual artist? Yes. A painter? I think, I think that, well, okay. So take Leonardo da Vinci. Okay. The extreme, because he was beyond, he was much more than a painter. Right, and much more of a. He was a sculptor, right, an inventor, and, a visionary. Right. Right, he was beyond himself. There, uh, who is, who else is da Vinci? Only da Vinci. I mean, in the annals of creativity, he has to be. No, wait, no, wait. When we started off this conversation, you wanted to be a good astronomer, and now you want to be Leonardo da Vinci. Yes, <laughs> I do. I believe I, I do. Aim high. Well, I also brought up Babe Ruth. I mean, I mean, you know, 
I, I guess I'm leaning into to passion and to joy mm-hmm. and what that does to you. Although I wonder, um, when you look at someone like Leonardo da Vinci, was he a happy man? I think that is the dark side of being of genius. Yes. Uh, my guess is this is probably true. Uh, the most geniuses are not happy people. There's something taxing about that type of aptitude and expertise. Taxing because personality-wise, time of the weight to bear of yes, performance and be, that's and expected, be, and because of the uh, the amount of time in a day, and the fact that if you're devoting that much time to something that allows you to be that good at something, you have you have a deficit in another area. Right. Because you just don't have time to develop yourself right. socially or intellect, whatever it is. And what, generally, don't in, you think that the deficit is socially? I think social is so often it. Yeah. In on it. But sometimes, if you're looking at an athlete, sometimes the deficit is intellectual. You know, I, I've had, yeah. I've, you know, we've interviewed people who are great athletes who don't know anything about anything else. Right. Because there's, and it's not their fault. They're Singular spending focus. all their time working on their athletics. So they're not reading the paper. They're not reading books on history. They're not, you know, on right. PBS. But like when you see, like when you see someone like Paul, uh, who's the mu- Paul musician. Paul Constantino. Yeah. Boilermaker Jazz Band in Pittsburgh. When I watch Paul Constantino play, I mean, just instantly I want to lean into that because I feel his creation that's instantaneously coming out of his fingertips through the breath in his lungs and his mind. I mean, it's so it's so beautiful mm-hmm. and so appealing yes. to see the creativity in action. Right. What a gift that is. But you can't imagine the type of daily sacrifice. sacrifice and angst it takes to do that. Yes. But the joy that it gives... Yeah. I'm sure for him personally. Oh, no question. And about for it. us as the recipients of those who create music, create art. Right, but it doesn't come yeah. without a cost. No. Right. I mean, I remember I brought Paul up because I remember a friend of mine who was also a brilliant musician, and he was deeply unhappy. Because a lot of musicians are deeply unhappy. Because believe the me, and very and very dark people. Because. My friend could not help but compare himself. Sure, And so he could never measure. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this guy's incredible. I would like to have one-tenth of that skill set. But it wasn't enough for him because there were others who were superior in some way, which I could not discern. And that's very frustrating. And some musicians are consistently uh, upset at being underpaid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, sure, societally sure. speaking, right? And so they feel like I, you know, this is the thing that my I'm, worth is not being exactly, quantified. exactly. Um, they're cons- they oftentimes are dissatisfied, and that's the nicest word I can put to it, with how little the audience they're playing for knows about what they're playing, mm-hmm. or how much attention they're paying. Right, right. Anyway, the, all those things can vortex into a, a despair, a, a dark. A very dark personality. Yeah. So I wonder, you know, as brilliant as Leonardo da Vinci is, look, I mean. What was he like sitting around a table? He might have been. A crazy person. Yeah. Or he might have been pretty miserable. Yes. Maybe we should find someone who would write about. And I wonder, you would think that Leonardo da Vinci, wonder if he was a diary keeper, if he himself was a writer. We certainly know he was a notes taker. Yes. So I wonder, you know, if he revealed himself and his genius in there. Anyway. 
What's that one thing you want to be brilliant in? The following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800-671-7070. That's 800-671-7070. 800-671-7070. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscapes, Supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. This is the entertainment answer. What is our do we really need that pick of the week? For me, it is the barrage of live action Disney remakes hitting theaters this summer, starting with Aladdin on May 24th. Now, it's a well done film with the same great message. Many argue that releasing the animated version in theaters would be better. Sort of a chance for parents to relive it with their kids. For me, I would just rather have something original than to see the same storyline just done a different way. The live-action Aladdin, rated PG. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle. The backyard's looking great, Rob. Thanks, man. I was planning on adding a deck, too. Know any good contractors? Why don't you just ask HomeAdvisor? Home what? HomeAdvisor.com. You just tell them about your project and they match you with local pros that can do the job. Nice. Now, how much does it cost? Oh, HomeAdvisor's totally free to use. Plus, you can read customer reviews, check pricing, and book appointments for free. What's the website again? HomeAdvisor.com. Or just download the free HomeAdvisor app. HomeAdvisor. Zelle is an easy way to send money to friends and family right from your banking app. Not sure what to get someone for their birthday? Send them money with Zelle so they can buy whatever they want. Look for Zelle in your banking app or get more info at ZellePay.com. Zelle, this is how money moves. Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Hey, we were um, talking about Garth Brooks, and I heard it was the, the, the police made zero arrests. Isn't that, doesn't that make you feel better yeah. about the world? The 70,000 well people. Behaved. Yeah, very good. So uh, we got an email from uh, from Roger, and he said, I heard you guys mention Garth Brooks earlier. We were talking. Was that Friday? Friday show? It was a uh, Saturday show. No, Saturday we, we, night show. No, no. I mean, our, our show. Oh, yeah. And we talked about it yesterday. Okay. So we, uh, you played a snippet of Low Places. Roger said, do yourself a favor. Listen to Unanswered Prayers or The River or If Tomorrow Never Comes. 
So Roger's okay. got a, a Garth Brooks vibe well, going on there. Huh? Unanswered prayers, the river, or if tomorrow never comes. Yeah. We haven't heard from any listeners. Of course, I didn't ask for this. But if you saw the Garth Brooks show, I'd love to hear what you thought of it. 70,000 strong. I watched several. Every video I could watch that I saw on Twitter or uh, Instagram, I of did Garth watch. Brooks? Yeah, of the show. Why? Just because I was curious. How'd it look? It looked great. Yeah. It looked really great. It made me think, you know, there's something that is so once-in-a-lifetime-ish about a show that big. Right. 70,000 people. I mean, it's just a lot of people. It's ne- You never get good sound. It's not the best show you'll ever see. But there's something about it being the biggest show you'll right. ever see. Uh, if I would have gone, I would have liked to have been in the last row. But you can kind top. of observe the whole thing. Well, you know, the, the thing, when you go to a show now, you've got the big screens. So it really cuts through the clutter. Yeah, except that the sound is always crap. Yeah, but, you know, at least you're out of the fray. That's and true. Part of the party, but you're in the corner of the room. You'd have to be willing to get home at 4 in the morning. By the time everybody got out of there. You got that right. Hey, thanks for being with us. Uh, the podcast is up at iTunes, johnandkathyshow.com. Have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. This is Michael Medved at michaelmedved.com for Town Hall. Representative Rashida Tlaib, Democrat of Michigan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.